Hi, welcome to Nanny Navigates with your host, Nanny, aka Vaishnavi Venkatesh. I had a mission. I wanted young people to see themselves represented in a podcast and feel like they have a voice in the world. Join me as I navigate through ideas, issues, and topics that today's youth deals with in a podcast made for young people by a young person. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Before we begin, I have a special announcement at the end of today's podcast episode, so be sure to stick around for that. After recent events, thousands upon thousands of people have taken to the streets in protest to express their grief, frustration, and anger about police violence. If you're a student, this has probably been brought up in school. To better understand what is happening today, I'm going back in time to explore America's complicated history with racism through the lens of early leaders that are honored and admired, but who themselves had a complicated relationship with slavery. This is now all being resurfaced in the nationwide debate about statues and national monuments. George Washington. Everybody's heard of him. If you read any one of the millions of biographies of him on the internet, you'll get things like, Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army during the American Revolutionary War, first U.S. President, led the colonial forces to victory over the British and became a national hero. But what seems to escape most history textbooks is that Washington, the country's beloved founding father, was a slave owner. Okay, sure, at the time, the majority of upper-class white men did own slaves. Washington first inherited slaves at the age of 11. His early attitude towards slavery, like most other elite Virginians, was anything but that of moral questioning. In private, he did express support for the abolitionist movement, but he remained dependent on slave labor. So it's clear that Washington was pretty conflicted about where he stood. When Washington became president, he never publicly spoke about the major issue of slavery. According to historian Joseph Ellis, Washington didn't favor the continuation of legal slavery. He signed the Slave Trade Act of 1794 that limited America's involvement in the international slave trade. However, he also put into action the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793, which guaranteed a right for a slaveholder to recover an escaped slave. Five months before his death in 1799, he signed his will, which declared the emancipation of his slaves after he died, but couldn't seem to bring himself to emancipate them while he was still alive. Overall, Washington had conflicting viewpoints, which unfortunately helped pave way for the country's third racist president, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson 
played a large role in building the foundation for this country. He drafted the Declaration of Independence and was the nation's first Secretary of State, second Vice President, and third President. According to his biography on Encyclopedia Britannica, he was, quote, the most eloquent American proponent of individual freedom as the core meaning of the American Revolution, unquote. In fact, his famous preamble of the Declaration of Independence reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wait a minute. I think that bears repeating. All men are created equal. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But what exactly did Jefferson mean by that? Were slaves seen as these so-called men? And what about women? Not to mention, what did it mean that Jefferson, who owned nearly 200 slaves, was writing the country's Declaration of Independence, of freedom? Like George Washington, Jefferson thought of slavery as an economic necessity. What most don't know is that he actually wrote into the Declaration that slavery was a, quote, cruel war against human nature. Of course, that, and many other lines like it, were edited out by more established delegates. So meanwhile, America and Britain fight in the Revolutionary War. British soldiers were gunning for Jefferson, but he, the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence, was hiding out with his family writing. Huh. He was collecting info about America, his truths, in his first and only book, and titled it Notes on the State of Virginia. Here's where it gets interesting. In it, he expressed his thoughts on black people. Oh no. He wrote that they love more, but grieve and pain less. Wrote that they were inferior by nature wrote that the only way to fix this problem of slavery was that they should be sent back to Africa. And yet these people were the sole reason his Virginia plantation and many others like it were self-sufficient. What a big surprise. And guess what? He never actually intended to publish it. He got leaked. Like Washington, Jefferson's opinions on slavery were a big contradiction. Okay. So now America won the war. America was free. Jefferson was hiding in France, but he stepped back into all of this when he became president in 1801. Jefferson was getting tired of this whole contradiction. So instead of wanting to send black people back to Africa, he thought, oh, let's send them to Louisiana instead. So the Louisiana purchase happened. There were a bunch of compromises happening around the turn of this century. The Three-Fifths Compromise, the Great Compromise, the Missouri Compromise, etc. Throughout all of this, Jefferson never wanted to give up on the idea of Black people going back to where they came from, a sentiment that continues to be expressed to this date against a mixed bag of ethnicities, nationalities, and races that are not white despite the fact that Africans were brought here, enslaved, stripped of every single human right that Jefferson has penned in his declaration. In 1826, 
the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Jefferson was too sick to leave his bed to attend the celebrations. On July 4th, the 83-year-old called all of his enslaved house servants to his bedside and gave them his final words. He was always teeter-tottering between segregationist and assimilationist, but never quite made it to being an anti-racist. He knew that slavery was wrong, but still didn't free his own slaves. He knew that all men are created equal, but couldn't reconsider his own racist ideas. So he died that day, July 4th, Independence Day, in the comfort of slavery, surrounded by people who had never felt that kind of comfort. So Lincoln's story is definitely one that a lot of people don't know about. But I just want to make it clear, I'm not making this episode to expose the country's greats. Leaders have lots of important decisions to make. And with these decisions and responsibility comes political and economic trade-offs. It's all about balance. And as we saw in Jefferson's case, compromise. Appealing to as many people as possible. And for enslaved people, it was often too little and too late. Please keep that in mind going forward. Abraham Lincoln whose nickname is Honest Abe. What do we think of when we think of him? The Great Emancipator, led us through the Civil War, one of the most known and loved presidents in history. But Lincoln wasn't that simple. Nobody is. People don't fit entirely into the category of good or bad, as was made explicitly obvious by Jefferson and Washington's stories. Like them both, Lincoln was also very conflicted in where he stood in regards to slavery. Gasp. I know. Maybe Honest Abe isn't the best nickname for him. Anyway, before Lincoln even won the presidency, he lost miserably in a Senate race in 1858 to Stephen Douglas, who was pro-slavery. Lincoln, therefore, was fighting on the behalf of the abolitionist movement, just because in any political race you have opposing sides. So, obviously, being anti-racist wasn't appealing to the country. He got crushed in that Senate race. So, Lincoln changed his viewpoint. He actually ran for president against racial equality, and his party pledged not to end Southern slavery. And he won. Then the South got scared, and they began to secede one by one. The South called themselves the Confederacy, got themselves the government, and then fight. And hey, so began the Civil War. In 1863, around two years into the war, Lincoln made the Emancipation Proclamation. He was labeled a hero for that. But really, formerly enslaved people were escaping themselves, escaping their plantations and moving up north as refugees. But what were they supposed to do once they got to the north? They had nowhere to go, no land, and no way to build themselves a life. Lincoln was trying to work through these issues. He was very comfortable with how black people praised and respected him. So when the Civil War finally ended in April of 1865, 
Lincoln delivered his plans for Reconstruction. And in these plans, Lincoln did something unprecedented. He said black people should have the right to vote. Wow, Lincoln made history. No wonder, three days later, he was shot in the head. So what have we learned by looking at Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln's stories? Well, one thing they all have in common is that they were very conflicted. They were at the fulcrum of a seesaw in regards to their opinions on slavery. We also learned that racism and racist ideas are deeply rooted in this country's history. In fact, the country literally declared all men equal. And yet, even today, that fails to be true. It's so crucial to remember that people don't fit in one box. They're not either good or bad. Even the best of leaders struggled with how they felt about racism. So far, no leaders have been able to pull up this country's racist roots. I hope that we, the people, the activists, the communities, the heart and soul of the democracy, can weaken those roots once and for all. Maybe, probably, hopefully, today is our time. Oh say, can't you see Black Lives Matter? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nanny Navigates. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the special announcement. Nanny Navigates now has its own website. Check out nannynavigates.com for more information and to subscribe to my blog for latest updates about upcoming episodes. Again, that's nannynavigates.com. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, keep exploring. <laughs>